You read her every day at mistressmatisse.blogspot.com. You've probably downloaded this podcast at work. Be warned, this podcast contains frank discussions of sexuality, SM, and perhaps even a lawn gnome joke or two. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time again for the Mistress's Podcast. I give you the one, the only, the Mistress. I keep thinking of the, yeah, the Bill Cosby. Yeah. The Chicken Heart. The Eight. <laughs> Cincinnati. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. It's outside of your door. Boom, boom. <laughs> Boom, boom. And it's coming to eat you up. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mistress's Podcast. Boom, boom. boom. <laughs> you are not going to intro my podcast like that. I just did. Oh, God. All right. Oops. Oops. All right. Well, this is a really unorthodox um, edition of Mr. Matisse's Podcast. I, I don't think you've ever been very orthodox. I could get a little hat and uh, <laughs> some side curls and, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that, would that be orthodox? Yeah, I don't even want to go there because I think our Jewish listeners will send us hate mail. Just, just kidding. How many Jewish people are kinky, I wonder? A lot, a lot. I think. Oh, yeah. I think Jews right up there with Catholics when it comes to really? kinky people. Oh, hell yeah. I think my favorite part, do you remember the Woody Allen movie, Everything You Were Afraid to Ask everyone, about Sex? Everyone think you want to know about sex but we're afraid to ask? Oh, yes. That sequence? With um, what's my perversion? Where they showed <laughs> the rabbi, he's tied up, and the dominatrix is is whipping him. Bad little rabbi, bad little Hebrew, bad little Hebrew. And his wife is like eating the ham <laughs> next to him. You know. I never had the wife eating the ham part, but I've, I've had the. Uh, you had the bad little rabbi. Yeah, bad, bad little rabbi. Ooh, scary. Okay, we're transgressing, but uh, what's my perversion? What is your perversion? Tell us about your perversion. What isn't my perversion? I'm sure we could think of something. Yeah. But um, how did how did all these perversions get started? That's what I want to know. Yeah, that's right. Someone asked when we were soliciting questions, how did I come into the whole kink rope making thing? Yeah, they're sort of related yet separate. You mm-hmm. say related yet separate. So we'll tell the tales. Can I tell the tale? Tell the tale, baby. Long time ago, how Twisted Monk got started. It is. On the eve of 2009, yeah. so this was the summer of like 2002, 2003, yeah. a long time ago. Um, left my mother-in-law, gave me a book on rope bondage. That alone is a whole other story. So did, you had events no interest in kink yourself, and and she just gave you this uh, book. Well, um, no, there were there was interesting kink. Uh, my wife and I were what we refer to as kinky swingers or kink-friendly swingers. Yeah. I I will admit I, I was that guy who went to the swing club with like the chaps and the flogger on the belt. I, I was that guy. Yeah. I was We've that all guy. been that guy, honey. I was that guy. Fortunately, I grew out of it. Um. But uh, my mother-in-law um was in a DS. She still is in a DS relationship and was like one of the first like kinky people that we knew. That came is out to so us kinky. fucking awesome. And uh, which was really fascinating because when she came out to my wife and says, hey, I'm kinky, uh, the wife went, hey, we're swingers. And so they, you know. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. It took a lot of education on our part because, you know, there were a lot of misconceptions about kink, a lot of misconceptions about DS and all those things. Um, fast forward a couple of years. And my mother-in-law buys me a book on rope bondage. Because I've got some little budding interest. This is an interesting thing. Uh, like most people, I go to Home Depot 
and get that $9 coil of nylon rope and cut up a bunch of pieces and try out some of the ties and it just, it just doesn't, it, it not kind of works. Cause you're a boy scout. You're going to, I was a boy scout. scout. It kind of, kind of works. And this, this kind of lays okay. And, you know, you know, Tambo's like, well, that, 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 that's kind of fun. You know, that's, that, it burns a little bit when you pull it through my arm, but you know, it kind of came unraveled there. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Flipping through it, flipping through it. Hemp bondage rope. And the whole section about like the history of hemp bondage rope, blah, blah, blah. So this is Midori's book, right? This is Midori's Central Art of Japanese Bondage. Uh, groundbreaking book. You should buy it. Uh, you should buy it from my site. Um, <laughs> it's, of course. Anyhow, at the time, I was also doing photography. Mm-hmm. And I was doing antique color replacement photography. Yes, I remember that. So you take like a photograph, like some boudoir, and you would uh, strip it down to sepia tones. And then you'd recolor selective parts of it so that it looked like those French postcards from the turn of the last century. And I'd run out of like, you know, flowers, girls with flowers or girls in milk bathtubs full of flower petals and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, what the fuck else can I color? Mm-hmm. You know? So I thought, oh, I'll try bondage photography. Because everybody who picks up a bond in your book goes, oh, I want to take pictures. And Midori's book's got some great pictures in it. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to try this hemp rope thing recipe she's got in here. Mm-hmm. And as fate would have it, I had this little container of writ purple dye. And so I'm like following her instructions and I'm cooking my rope up on my kitchen stove. Eh, what the fuck? <laughs> Pouring the writ purple dye. Out comes this really cool purple rope. Oh, cool. Try it out on the missus. The missus loved it. Her exact words were, oh, sweet Jesus, you have got to learn how to do more of this now. <laughs> it's a powerful incentive to a man. A powerful incentive to a man, you know? Like, ooh, hello. Do you want to have more sex with me if I do this? Yes. So, fortunately, we live in Seattle. And as fate would have it, your darling partner, Max, was just starting his bondage, rope bondage 101 series of classes. I think it was his very first one he'd ever taught. Really? I think it was the first one ever taught at the Wet Spot, now the Seattle Center for Sex Positive Culture. Um, so I get my little bag of purple hemp and I do, 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 truck down there and sit you know, with my friend and I take the class. Interestingly enough, also, I remember my friend going, see that hot chick over there? Which one? The one sitting next to Max. Yeah. That's Mistress Matisse. Oh my God. I'm like, OMFG. She's kind of hot. <laughs> don't look at her. No, quick, don't look at her. She, she, she'll probably like, you know, make, you know, laser beam with her eyes or something. Yes, I can do that. I can totally. shoot laser beams out of my eyes. You don't even want to know what you can shoot out of her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm rambling. Anyhow, I had this big bag of purple rope and somebody looked at them and went, wow, I've, I've never seen purple rope. Can I buy that from you? Um, no, it's mine. Uh, fast forward a couple months, mm-hmm. and it's the very first vendor fair. Mm-hmm. I've taken a couple of Max's classes, feeling pretty good. I think, well, what the hell? I'll get one of the tables at their little holiday vendor fair. You know, the local vendors come, and I buy a half a table. You know, it's like four foot by two foot wide, and I, I make a whole bunch of rope, as much as I can make, maybe two or three hundred feet of rope. I'm, I'm working furiously for weeks. In your weeks, kitchen, in, in my garage. kitchen, in my garage. Got a couple hundred feet. Whew, right there. I sell every inch of rope I got. Every inch. Boom. Boom. It's gone. Shit. Hmm. Well, then there's a vent in Portland called Kingfest in a couple of months. I wonder if they'll let me vent. I write them a little happy email. Oh, sure. Come on down. I go crazy. I make a hole just as I'm, I'm making rope for you know, day in, day out. 
had to bring maybe a thousand feet of rope, maybe two thousand feet of rope. This is a lot of rope. I mean, my God. And it sells all out. Boom. I remember Boom. that. Gone. I remember seeing you there. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit, there might be something to this. Through, you know, form the company, form the website, blah, blah, blah. Still making rope in your backyard, blah, blah, blah. Go to the Folsom Street Fair. If you go back in my blog, I write pretty heavily about the Folsom Street Fair. And I sell every stitch of rope I have. And I come back with orders from hogtie.com. And from water bondage and what is now kink.com, uh, I for like a lot of rope, more rope than I can make in a month. And they want it like in two weeks and Christmas is coming up. Okay. So now I'm working over there. This is crazy trying to get through that, trying to get to you know, the vendor fair, blah, blah, blah. And eventually, uh, by that Christmas, I got, you know, some guy coming over to my house, helping me out a couple days a week. Yeah. And yeah. then next thing you know, I think, much, I think yeah. I'm... I, I have got rope everywhere in my house. I have a little tiny house. My garage is packed. You're working in the garage. Um, and a lot of the work is being done out in my backyard. And uh, you know, the winter of 2003 was like the El Nino winter. It was rainy. It was nasty. Well, it, it, no, that, that was, a, that was a, the not the nasty one. That was oh, the next year. Okay. When we went into the Abbey, it was freezing. But um, it was... Uh, it was it's fairly temperate, so I could kind of let things dry. Oh, okay, okay. But we had to worry about rain. So it would literally be is if you're working in the garage, working in the garage. As soon as like we got a cloud break, we'd run outside and we start stretching rope and start trying to get stuff dry and crap, it's gonna rain again. Pack it all back in. Um, so yeah, uh, in the, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in the winter of 2004, now it's like 2004. Um, we go. We we should like maybe get a, a workspace. Yeah. Workspace. Who the fuck's gonna rent to me? I mean, I'm just, I mean, bondage rope for fuck's sake. So we went to a lot of places, a lot of art, you know, art spaces and stuff like that, and light industrial spaces. Actually, went mostly to art spaces, and they all just kind of looked at me funny, yeah. like, "You do what? Yeah, there's a business for it? No, no, forget it, forget it. Yeah, you know, you're growing pot in here, forget it." We stumbled upon, uh, through a reference from a friend of ours, this industrial space we're at now in the, you know, uh, where, where, what, what is the Abbey now? And, um, I, I remember the rent was like more than I sold in a month. And I'm just like, Oh my God. You were stressing it, man. I was stressing. I'm like, Oh my God. You know, the nut for the rent is like, it's damn near my mortgage for my house. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can, can I sell this much? But it was this huge open space. It used to be like a blacksmith's, uh, forge. And, uh, that was, uh, now four years ago. So we've been in business now for five years. Jesus Christ, hard to even think about. But that's how we got started making rope, and you know. And then yes, um, I now sell, make more rope in a day than I used to make in a month. Yes, I can remember what you said. Oh, I just want to make this much rope, and yeah, now you're shipping that much in a day. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. You always remind me every time I go. Oh man, I'm only gonna do you know X amount this week, and ah. Yeah, I just remember it really vividly. And, it's, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure that in five more years, you'll be doing now in a day what you used to do in a week because that's just how you are. That'd be nice. But that's how I got started, yeah, in the rope thing. It was all thanks to my mother-in-law and Midori, which brings me to the first time I ever met Midori, which yeah. I'll close the story with this. First time I met Midori was at a dinner with you. You were kind enough to set up an uh, a dinner where I could uh, have uh, say hello because she uh, stays at your house. You're friends with her. Mm-hmm. Pretty early in my career, I brought the copy of my book, and I told her the story. You know, my mother-in-law gave me this book, 
would you please sign it? You know, and this is how I started, you know, this oh, is how I started. Love that. And she signed it. It was really cool. Several months later, my mother-in-law had the opportunity to meet Midori. And it was like, oh, you're the mom. <laughs> you're the one. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you. So yeah, this is all thanks to your mother-in-law. Yeah, so thanks, thank you, mom, my mom-in-law. She's, it's, it's, if you got rope in your hands, you need to thank my mother-in-law. She's only did it. <laughs> that is great. And thank you for listening to us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye now. This has been the Mistresses Podcast. If you like what you've heard, check her out at mistressmatisse.com or read her daily blog at mistressmatisse.blogspot.com.